1: Non-disparagement, non-disclosure. What do those terms mean? And can you be forced to sign such a thing? And what if you did in the past, but now they've been basically ruled moot that National Labor Relations Board has banned such practices? Let's ask an attorney who deals with these sorts of things all the time. Andy Trusevich is joining us. He is a labor and employment attorney from Dallas, Texas. Andy, it's good to have you on KDKA. How are you? I'm doing
0: just fine. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
1: Truly uh, loved having a chance to see your fair city about 10 days ago. And I will say that Dallas in March is much warmer than Pittsburgh in March. No yes, question about that. And I'm sure that's true in July as well, when it's 105 there and it's only 90 here. I mean, I'm sure it, it's not just that time of year. It's always. Uh, I'll hey, have
0: to come there for the cool
1: front. That's right. You come when it's cool, like 90 here. No, Not a problem. Hey, help me to understand this. I mean, first of all, does everybody in a job have a non-disparagement or a non-disclosure clause as part of their work arrangement. Not everybody even signs a contract when they go to work. So who does this apply to and who does it not?
0: And that is the perfect question because that's why I have a problem with this decision. At first you would think, oh, this helps workers. But first of all, it only applies to employees that are not managers or supervisors and below. There's some exceptions but manager and supervisors and above, CEOs, COOs, uh, EVPs, senior vice presidents, VPs, senior directors, this doesn't affect them at all. It affects the people. I represent companies, but I also represent individuals. And it only applies to the individual worker who really is trying to put food on their table, living paycheck to paycheck. And this only comes about at the end of employment. As you know, the IT world, they're laying off tens of thousands of workers.
2: Mm.
0: And at the end, whether you fire me and just say, Andy, you're a bad employee, or Andy, I don't need you anymore, or we're downsizing, here's a severance of three months or four months or five months, and you're going to get some additional benefits, continuing health benefits for that time, outplacement services. If I want to take that offer and get the money to bridge me to the next job, then I would sign it. And the the non-disclosure is I can't tell anybody other than attorney, accountant, and spouse, or if I get subpoenaed by any federal agency, how much I received. And and there's a reason for why businesses do that. And the other part, the um, non-disparagement is I can't go on Facebook or uh, Instagram or Twitter and say Andy's uh, brick company is the worst place to work. He discriminates. He's a horrible boss. Don't work there. You have a choice whether or not you want to take that money or not. My problem with this decision is it only applies to the average Jane and Joe worker who's living paycheck to paycheck. And that's why I disagree with it. And this very issue, because the NLRB is so political, it changes every time there's a different president in the Senate Mm -hmm. and there's only five members. Three years ago, there were three Republicans, two Democrats. They upheld this very decision that, Consenting adults can enter into a contract and agree to it. Three years later, the pendulum has now swung, and it's three Democrats, two Republicans. And the three Democrats said, well, the three Republicans who decided this two years ago or three years ago, yeah. in two different cases, were wrong and we're reversing them.
1: So what if you did sign one? Does the fact that this has basically been banned by the National Labor Relations Board, does that overturn the fact that there was a signed contract between an employer and a former now employee? Or is that still in effect? I would say that is still in effect because it's very hard to make it retroactive.
0: Mm. It would be really going forward. But the other reason I think that it's going to hurt the average worker is, you have CEOs with board members going, if Andy's going to go out there and badmouth me anyways, and he's going to talk about what we give him, that can only cause problems. Let's just do away with our severance program. And, you know, the CEO, as I said before, the executives, they get their golden parachutes. They don't care, and, and this law uh, decision doesn't apply to them. But when it applies to the average worker, and you say, well, shouldn't they be able to complain if it's a bad work environment? They can, even if you sign the very agreement that the NLRB says is against the NLRA, um, you can still go to the EOC and make a complaint. You just can't sue for damages. You can file a complaint with the NLRB and not get damages. Uh, you can go to any government agency, and they say, well, it may scare people from talking to the NLRB. The NLRB has subpoena power. Mm-hmm. So if you're subpoenaed, this the, the a non-disparagement uh, severance agreement does or non disclosure doesn't apply to those people so it really is hurting the average worker and that's the reason i'm against this decision
1: here's a question that i it may be difficult for you to answer because i it's asking you to presuppose a few things but is it a bad idea to talk about a former employer in general i mean and by that i mean doesn't that also i mean you're a labor but you're also an employment attorney doesn't that also potentially hurt your ability to be hired in the future because hey look at what Johnny had to say about Andy's brick company I don't want that person working for me is that a legacy that you don't want on your record absolutely
0: and that is a great point for for that you brought up for your listeners because I can tell you I worked at a, a national retail company with 4500 uh, stores almost 28,000 employees around the around the United States and all of the recruiters in every company look at social media for applicants. Yeah. And if I start badmouthing my prior employer, uh, whether it's in the interview or they go look at Instagram, Facebook, you know, whatever social media you have, and you're badmouthing your private or, or past employer or employers, and especially if you have a trend of that, they're just going to pass on you as an applicant. And I'm just telling the truth there, and that may be a little unfair that you ought to be able to say, I had a bad experience working for Andy. But, you know, again, you don't want it to follow you to the next job. You don't want it to cost you a job. You still have avenues to complain, the EESC or the NLRB um, or any government agency. And uh, it just doesn't make any sense for them to come out with this decision and reverse the two prior decisions that were made just less than three years ago.
1: And to summarize, in essence, or to attempt to summarize sort of what you're saying, the transient nature of this board in and of itself is another reason why you wouldn't want to put a whole lot of water in that bucket, right?
0: I wouldn't, and I predict that some federal court will uh, issue an injunction against this. Uh, Then they'll take it up to the Court of Appeals, and ultimately this will go before the U.S. Supreme Court and the NLR NLRB will lose before the U.S. Supreme Court in a six three five four decision.
1: Andy, I owe you barbecue next time we're in Dallas. Okay, sounds good. We're gonna go down to uh, go down to Blacks and, we'll, and and briskets on me. Okay.
0: Sounds great. Thank you so much. And you and your listeners have a wonderful afternoon.
1: I appreciate it. Andrew Trusevich joining us here. He is a labor and an employment attorney talking to us about non-disparagement agreements, non-disclosure clauses and severance agreements and why he does not think that it's a real good idea for you to be spouting off and saying what you think even after this has gone through.